Welcome back, campers. Welcome back to the Pitching Tents podcast. My name is Zach. My name is Tim. And it is our absolute pleasure to uh, introduce our guest today. We have the great and hilarious and influential Jackie (laughs) Cation. That's me. I feel welcome. Thank you very much. Awesome. So, um, how are you doing today? Everything good? Everything's good. Everything's good. The world's speeding up again, and it's a little weird, but uh, it's just, it turns out I hate change in both directions. Uh, A year ago, March, when when it all shut down, I was uh, scared and terrified and angry, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, when it opened up, I was like, scared, terrified, and angry. (laughs) I was like, too soon, or is it? Yeah. And... So I'm uh, I'm a safety mouse. So I'm all masked up on the on the planes, and I'm all vaxxed up. And so anybody in the audience that isn't, that's on them. That's right. That's right. I've, I've had to I've had to make peace with that. Yeah. Show shows starting to open up a little bit for you over on the west yeah. coast. Uh, yeah. Tonight I'm doing the improv, and um, I did Arkansas three weeks ago. That was my first road gig, okay. which was I guess that would have been beginning of uh, last weekend of April, like April 29th through the 2nd, right? Yep. So yep. that was, uh, I, I and that was kind of great for me because it was a 20-minute set just opening for Brian Regan, who's used to doing theaters and amphitheaters and, mm-hmm. and stadiums, and he's back at a club in northern Arkansas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and has been doing clubs the whole quarantine and got COVID pretty bad in December. Oh, wow. Um but lived, so I guess he'll never learn his lesson about <laughs> pandemics. Yeah. What just happened? What yeah. just happened? Yeah, <laughs> gotta, but, be um, a, um, gotta be a breath of fresh air to be able to do live shows again. You know, even oh, if it's God. a s- smaller capacity, but still, I mean, just to be able well, to get out there. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing is if you're if you're a certain kind of comic, you don't care. You're yeah. just like, there's, there's different levels and there's different, and you figure out a way to do it. And everybody figured out different ways, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of comics were doing weird, what I considered not, not tenable for me, right? The Instagram, the YouTube yep. and the Twitch, even though quite honestly, I did all of them, <laughs> uh, whatever I was offered, it turns out I did it, but my preferred <laughs> was Zoom, yeah. which isn't. Which is just a different venue as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you gotta hope that the, you know, you gotta turn your original sound off. You gotta uh, make sure some people are unmuted. I did a corporate on Tuesday, this, just this last Tuesday, just a little private for a, a business. Mm-hmm. And everybody is so zoomed out that there were probably <laughs> 25 people at the show. Uh, that were at this company, mm-hmm. two of them were unmuted. And I was like, hey, bastards. And you can't really <laughs> swear at a corporate. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to say, hey, uh, jackasses, <laughs> I too am at work. Right. Uh, so if you could unmute yourself or at least turn your camera on so I could see your goddamn jazz hands, that'd be great. <laughs> hey, uh, Chad, can you uh, turn that <laughs> yeah. shit off for us, please? Come Thank on, you. Chad. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Um, so crazy. So I know you're from Risqu- uh, excuse me, can't talk Wisconsin, um, right? How would uh, how like how would you explain your childhood? You know, did you have a good childhood? Um, were you guys moving around a lot? Were you busy? Were you kind of 
We'd, uh, we listed around this. Essentially, we would just sort of weed off to one side of this small town outside of Milwaukee to the other side of this small town. Oh, I lived in like, before I was seven, I probably lived in four different places. Oh, wow. In the tiniest. Yeah, it wasn't tiny, but it's, you know, not like in some towns, you know, they're 1,500 people or 500 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived in a factory town outside of Milwaukee. Had about twenty thousand people in it, uh, but it's only like three or four square miles. And you know, we lived on the one side, then we went over here, and then we went over there, and then we were living in the projects for a second. Then we were in, uh, and then I turned seven, and or I t- right before I turned eight, my mom died, and my dad came back into our lives, and he uh, he remarried almost immediately because he had six children, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna need." I need some help here. I'm a charming guy. Let's look around. <laughs> and uh, and my stepmother was a great loss to the Austrian army, mm. so she uh, got us all ship shape. And uh, and then and I never. She was a big fan of stand up, and my dad's a salesman, so I have my timing from him, and my actual sense of humor. I would say comes from my stepmother. Okay. So she was hilarious. Um, and you know of the of the variety of i never wanted kids but we're gonna do this kind of stepmother do this thing yeah yeah she was like and then at the end of it we will love each other and no one will know why (laughs) (laughs) it's that secret bond sounds like uh me and tim talk all the time so just like you know we've been friends for about 10 years um you know went to high school together uh this is something uh like we run our business that's attached to kind of this whole podcast thing and um you know, we talk about all the time, you know, we're very similar, we're very different, the yin and yang. So Tim is, uh, you know, happily married, has uh, three children, you know, uh, two, wow. two dogs. Wow, Captain Potent. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> two right. dogs. Two dogs, oh, yeah. three cats, chickens, the white picket fence. Uh, everything. It's a madhouse. And then I, you I live don't, in a madhouse. I don't know what I'm doing but, for dinner tomorrow. So like we're the complete, <laughs> just the opposite on the spectrum right uh, there. Here's the good thing. You can do whatever you want That's <laughs> for right. dinner. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't Thank have God. at least five other people or beings uh, hoping I, that you'll uh, <laughs> at least bring a hundred bucks by. I don't know how he uh, balances it all. Uh, he's a superhero as far as I'm concerned. Um, trying, I, but um, yeah, so 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 you grew up in Wisconsin, and then you went to the University of uh, Wisconsin Madison, right? Right, and uh, and, and I saw stand up comedy. That's kind of where you kind of where your love kind of started to develop. Like, did you see a show? Is there a certain comedian, a certain set that you saw? How did that uh, How did that spark? I didn't for you? know anything about stand up. Right, okay. we never we never listened to it when I was a kid. Uh, my stepmother liked it. But uh, she didn't have any stand-up albums. It turns out she had some, but we never listened to them. And when I started doing stand-up, I went through her album collection. And they were all essentially some version of Bob Newhart okay. from the 60s. Okay. And, uh, and so they were, there was no Lenny Bruce. There was no Richard Pryor. But she liked those guys. She just didn't have any of their albums. Okay. And, um, and there, were, there were no women comics. And there were... Um, and my dad... He hated the record player. Like I grew up in the 12th century. We had a record player. <laughs> we had one TV. And uh, and so if I was listening to an album or any of us were listening to an album and he came in the house, he'd be like, turn it off. And so you turn it off. And, uh, and so he liked to listen to um, motivational speakers because he's a salesman. And 
that's got that's it's all about timing it's all about the mm-hmm. pitch mm-hmm. and uh so we never i think i stand up like three times i've told the story it's, uh, but it's it's like there's i saw three different sort of versions or heard three different versions of stand up when i was a kid one was uh the noah bit by bill cosby may you rest in peace mm-hmm. uh the uh, or rotten hell yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. so I don't think he's dead yet. But yeah. uh, that's not that's not because I'm not wishing it. I literally, so, I, I literally thought to myself, oh, I was like, happen? "Is is Bill Cosby dead? Like, yeah. uh, did I miss that?" <laughs> okay, and uh, uh, and then Gallagher on a, a show on a on a Johnny Carson episode mm-hmm. of the Tonight Show mm-hmm. in like 1978 or 79, where he stood in front of a giant couch, and even at the age of like 16, I thought. That's cheating, and uh, and which is none of my business. Now you got a giant couch. You need to haul to the to the stand-up venue. That's not on me. That's hey, on you. I hear you. Whatever you got to do, and then um, and then a TV show called Make Me Laugh, hmm. which was also Gallagher, weirdly enough. And then so then I go to college, and, and I always wanted to sort of be a writer or an actor or some sort of like that. I never thought about doing stand-up, and then there was a stand-up club in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, in 1984 that opened for eight months and then it burned down and I didn't burn it down, but, uh, it just, uh, it was on top of a, it was under, it was called the comedy cellar and it was underneath, uh, a Coke front that was a pool hall. And, um, it was the building was owned by the same guy that owns most of state street now. And ha- owns actually the specific stand-up club that's in Madison now, which is an amazing. This guy's he's a really good guy and he's a good businessman. But um, he rented out the space to Sam Kinison's brother, Bill Kinison. Sam Kinison was an old uh, wiggly, shouty comic from the seventies and eighties. Hmm. He used to scream a lot and <laughs> swear a lot, and he was um, kind of dirty. And he was the first comic I ever saw, and. Um, he, he uh, at one point, one of the one of the sets I saw, uh, somebody handed him a note on stage, and he unfolded it, and it, all this white powder fell on the carpet, <laughs> and he was like, "If that's real, you people can fuck yourselves because I'm going down." <laughs> and uh, so that was the and uh, and I ended up doing open mic three weeks after that, mm. and so. It was like what I imagine heroin is, if you enjoy heroin. Uh, I've never tried heroin, but I started, I did open mic, and I'd never, I did open mic every night for eight months. Wow. Because of open mic. I did the, well, I did two open mics, and then they were like, we don't have any women comics. You can be one of the regulars. There was only seven of us. You loved that needle then, didn't you? You loved that. I was so (laughs) into it. I got a 1.8 that semester. Uh, yeah, and then sounds like, uh, sounds and like then, my GPA, honestly. And then it burned down, and then I was just looking around for a new dealer for the rest for the next thirty-five years. So, because it's nineteen eighty-five, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so in in nineteen ninety, so I just did open mics and then started doing whatever weekend gigs I could make fifty bucks, a hundred bucks at, yeah. right away. And um, graduated college in 88 because my sister insisted and um, was drunk for a couple of years and then moved to Minneapolis in 90 and uh, 
did stand up there till 97 and then moved to LA 97 till now. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. where, where, uh, so where would you say your first, um, cause I, I know in 2010 you had the, uh, it's never going to be bread. Um, it's never going to be bread. Uh, I know that took off a little bit for you. Wh- where would you say you found your, um, you know, your, your big break, your, 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 your big shot, the big league. Well, that I would, I would say that the first sort of the thing that anybody cared about for booking, mm-hmm. it was the Comedy Central special in 2003, okay. and nobody cared for two years. Hmm. So uh, it took about two years for it to filter out there and go, oh, she's got a Comedy Central special. Maybe I can headline her. She's only been doing stand-up for 20 years. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, been, yeah, it's yeah. been, yeah, there's, the thing about stand-up is that you, you don't do it, you don't do it for the money. You can't do it for the fame. You can't do it for the sponsorship. You can, you know, you can get a podcast. You can get a YouTube account. You can get an Instagram account or a TikTok account. And you could try to get someone to give you a free pair of sneakers. But um, don't do do stand-up. I mean, it's, it's not impossible to blow up and become huge very, very quickly. But it's more likely that you get to do stand-up forever yeah and that's what i tell myself on a on a regular basis Mm -hmm. just because you know nobody really like the number one comment i get at clubs and when i do stand up is i've never heard of you you're great and i'm like yeah yeah i'm a very well-kept secret in show business (laughs) and uh but i you know but i'm doing my thing and that's the great thing about stand-up is you get to Yes. You get to do whatever you want. Talk about what you want, joke about what you want, and just go from there. Go from there. And you will have some people that are into it and some people that are not into it and some people that are surprised that they're into it. You know, like I did a a show, I think that Bread album has a a bonus track where I tell this, I have four albums, right? Mm -hmm. All available on Spotify. Yeah, plug (laughs) them. Plug them. Go go for it. it. And uh, the, uh, but... There was a kid who came up to me after a show the right before I recorded that album, I think I tell that story on stage, where he comes up to me, hammered, like 22, <laughs> 23 years old. And he's like, I got to tell you this thing. And I said, before you say anything, think to yourself, is this going to hurt her feelings? And, and he goes, maybe, but I got to <laughs> tell you, man. And I was like... All right, here it comes. And he goes, I saw your picture and I thought, oh man, usually I don't like women comics, but you were so funny. And a thousand <laughs> times I've heard that, right? If not a gajillion. And so I, as always, I would say to whoever says that to me, it's like, usually I don't like drunken assholes, but look at you. Look how great you are. <laughs> and, uh, we're vibing now. <laughs> we're vibing. We're now we're besties. That's that's crazy because some of my like um, like just favorite either comedy specials on Netflix or, or, you know, just wherever. I mean, I, I've never thought to myself that, you know, I always think comedian, not woman comedian, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just, well, and, comedian. Right, and that's a, that's a learned thing. You know, when I started out in 84, you know, and there are still dinosaurs out there still doing it, but because it should just be comic, comedian. Yeah. I like him. I like her. I don't like him. I don't like her. <laughs> you know, yeah. hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Hit and miss. Are you kidding me? There's so many comics who are funny, sometimes hilariously funny, some of the time. 
And then <laughs> yeah. they're kind of danger mice, right? Or they're they're trying something out and it doesn't work. And I remember Sarah Silverman and Zach Galifianakis in like 97, 98, mm-hmm. playing with ironic racism, <laughs> which oh, they made work on their sets. Yeah. Not every time, mm-hmm. but what they ended up doing was encouraging a whole pile of dingbats going, I'm being ironic. I'm being ironic. Yeah. This, do you not understand? Yeah. And you're like, both of those guys have been doing stand-up for at least a dozen years. Know. Everyone knows where they're coming from. You just started. You just sound like a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. Don't do not do it. That makes me think of that, um, you know, that Daniel Tosh, like the Tosh.0. Oh. He has this segment called, uh, I don't know if he does anymore. It's like, is that racist? It's like, oh, all right, we're, we are, uh, we're on a really tight, tight rope here, everybody. Like, this is uh, on Comedy I Central. Barely, <laughs> I barely know him, but um, but I, I get him mixed up with the guy who kind of does it right, which is Jesselnik. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh, he's so funny. Like, Jesselnik is insanely dark yeah, and always punchline. Yep. Always punchline. There's yep. no there's no not a punchline. And that literally is what I'm looking for. Don't just say some weird don't be a monkey throwing <laughs> stuff at the wall. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh make sure you got a punchline or a point of view or something that's gonna make me not loathe you. How about that? His time his <laughs> talk about timing too. His timing is impeccable. Yeah. Just yeah. his cadence of, you know, boom, boom, set up, set up, set up, and I gotcha. His <laughs> yep. timing is fantastic. <laughs> all right, so would you consider yourself, all right, so I know you're in L.A. now. Are you an L.A. girl? Are you a Midwest girl? Where, where, how, do you, how do you box yourself? It's hard because I've lived in Los Angeles for 22 years, and I was mm-hmm. recently thinking about that, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm from here now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I'm from. I own, uh, I half own a house, got married, uh so half mine now i think and uh of course and uh it's a delight and uh but the but i think you know there's always a part of me that's like from wisconsin i consider myself always a minneapolis comic for some reason yeah it just uh i think it helps ground me and it and it kind of chills people out because uh, LA, they get this impression of something else, I think. And um, I, I mean, during this, you very well may hear not just the fireworks going off, but also the helicopters. I live in Hanoi, 1974. <laughs> it is not, this is like a helicopter test area I live in. So, I mean, it's not like I'm getting dressed up. You know, to do stand up, you know, to go to the grocery store, to go, you know, some people live in fancier parts of Los Angeles is what I guess I'm saying. Do you, you play your bits off your husband? Like you got, you got new material, you run it by him or you kind of, or you kind of separate? If it's about him. (laughs) Okay. That's the, I mean, the thing is, is he is literally the only person in my life that gets pre-record, Mm pre-album rebuttal. Mm, Okay. Everybody else, like my dad, not a chance. Yeah. Uh, he gets no rebuttal times and it's got to be already on the album. I got a new, tw- I think it's 20 minutes on him on this album Excellent. and 20 minutes on the last album. And, uh, he didn't hear, he doesn't get to hear it until it's on the album. Till it's live. <laughs> till, I, till I get to hear it. That's when he, yeah. that's when he gets to hear it. 
Exactly. That's, that's awesome. Well, unless you guys want to come uh, hear the uh, the recording. I'm recording it in Acme yeah. in Minneapolis, yeah, July we'll, 15, 16, 17. We'll fly out. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. What? So you guys are in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've never, uh, I think I've only opened for Regan in Virginia. Okay. Uh, I've, if that. Where, um, what's, what's a good club? What should I get into? I know they do shows at the National. Um, I know they do all, all sorts of shows at the National. They have, um, it's either the f- Funny, is it the Funny Bone? Yeah. I, I believe it's the Funny Bone in Richmond. I'm going to be honest. Richmond. I, uh, yeah, Richmond, Virginia. I don't right. th- I don't think the Richmond, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think the Richmond comedy scene... Like like so so for example we had a uh, we had a couple guys out on our previous podcast um, who who's uh, in the you know RVA comedy circuit and from right. what, from what they tell me it, it's lacking you know that they're lacking the support they're lacking the the venues um, they're lacking the time to get to do it so I you know I don't want to speak too much on what exactly I don't know you know. Um, but, yeah. but from how I from how I digest what I've been told, just from you know talking to comics um, for the past few months, um, you know, I'm obviously COVID. You know, that just what that will oh, just yeah. halt. That'll, that'll slow and some anything. things down. That'll slow yeah. some things down. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's kind of a driving force. Uh, you know, either a driving comic or or a driving venue that kind of kind of um, leads the charge, if you will. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I would start with the national. I would say yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest venue we have. I'd, I'd say that's Richmond, your, the biggest least. bet. Yeah. Yeah. Your, the biggest punch would be down probably in Hampton Nashville. Roads. We have that, that big one down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but mm-hmm. yeah. I, okay. Funny Bone, the National. I'd look out for. I'd look out for those two. Um, yeah, we have. Okay. Um, we'll buy tickets. So. I think Theo Vaughn's coming to the Dominion Energy Center in November. Yeah. Yep. Whatever that is. Is that a stadium? What is that? Uh, we live here. It sounds like a place where <laughs> soccer is played. We yeah. live or here football. and we don't know. So yeah. I, okay. I don't know. It, There's a bunch of like convention centers up here. Yeah. So it's probably it's okay. likely one of those. Yeah. Um Sure, sure. But it's, yeah, uh, he's coming out. It's uh Hall H. It's yeah. uh, which is just <laughs> a, a convention. All right, cool. All right. Just All right. curious. Yeah, yeah. Um I really want to talk to you about, and and the reason I want to talk to you about it, like almost I don't want to say almost everyone has a podcast, but right, you're you're a comic, like you you have a podcast that that seems to be kind of one plus one equals two. My you, husband just started one. What is it? What is that? It's it's co- he he designs video games for a living. He makes video games for a uh, living. That's an awesome <laughs> job. We okay. are the best aunt and uncle you've never had. Can you can you adopt fun. me? Like that's exactly. awesome. <laughs> yeah, he worked on uh, the famous one. He worked on would be God of God of War two and three. Oh wow! So okay. give he a, worked at Sega Genesis. He give me a, give him a, a virtual handshake for me, please. I, I will. I love I will. that. I will. He is. He is a cool dude. Um, uh, for, for a giant nerd, he is a cool <laughs> cool dude. So you, but his podcast is called Ethics in um, Video Games, and it, it's him. Him and a philosophy professor, buddy of his, talk about uh, the ethics in video games. Like, um, not like Grand Theft Auto sure. when you're on task killing yeah. or Call of Duty on task killing, but yeah. like murder. Like yeah. when you just, like in The Sims, when you kill your. <laughs> yeah. Like there's this little <laughs> extra over here that uh, doesn't 
<laughs> need to be in the game. I'm right. just going to get him yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's only like seven or eight episodes in, too, the uh, ethics in video games. And it's... Um, what an interesting They've concept. already talked about, like, monetization and selling, you know, tr- trying to trying to get little kids to... To, to ring up the, the bells, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, but that's his his podcast. I have two podcasts. Okay. Let yeah. me let me talk about The Dork Forest briefly. 2006. That's why I was, that's why, that's why I brought it up. So, so I told you, you know, yeah, every comic has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast, but yada, 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 yada. You had one in 2006, which... <laughs> Ground floor. Ground floor. floor. So just... <laughs> You know, it's uh, you know, it's the end of two thousand five, and you're thinking about doing a podcast. Put put me where your head headspace was. Was there a lot of thought in it? Was there no thought at all? Did you think no it was no thought gonna, at all? No thought at all. I'm a okay. stand-up comic, of course. Uh, so there's no thought at all. I was at an open mic, and some guy told me that there was a way. There was something called. He was like, "You have an iPod. There's these things that you can play on your iPod, and it's like a radio show. And there's a website that if you record, they'll record it for you." upload it to iTunes for you. All you got to do is come up with kind of a picture slug and uh, and a theme, and you could do it. And so in 2006 till probably 2009, the first, no, maybe 2010, because the first 213 episodes, something like that, 200 episodes, mm-hmm. are done on Blog Talk Radio, which when reviewed by some radio show it was reviewed on NPR, the dork forest. And it was, the review was that it sounded like someone listening to AM radio through their telephone. Uh, the sound quality was not exceptional. And then, uh, so what I did was I only had about 500 listeners, uh, by 2010, maybe a thousand. And I said, if you guys can find 600 to a thousand dollars, if you send me money, I will buy equipment and pre-record it. And so I started pre-recording it probably in 2010, and I'm at um, so there's those 200 that are in the vault. They're on my Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. If you go to like thedorkforest.bandcamp, mm-hmm. uh, they're free, uh, obviously. But uh, the ones that are pre-recorded are all free as well at dorkforest.com. But the um, there's 622 of those. Yeah, I was I was looking at previous episodes before we hopped on here. Um, yeah, you got a whole assortment just. A whole bunch of different guests, different backgrounds, talking about different topics. We love it. Yeah. It's kind of how we yeah, are, it, too. Yeah, it could be... Um, it's a lot of comics just because I'm a comic, but it's also... Like, I just recorded an episode with a woman who has been listening to the show <laughs> for <laughs> for 14 years, 15 uh. years, and she's like, can I be on? And she's like the fifth or sixth person to ask, and I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, attainable goal, lady. It's a podcast. Yeah, let Come me on. lower the stakes. Come on. What What do you want to talk about? She wanted to talk about some avant-garde, uh, weird musician that I've never heard of that influenced Bowie, and the guy's name was Scott Walker, which is interesting because that's the name of Wisconsin's dirtbag mayor uh, governor for a couple of years. <laughs> and she was like, "No, he he just died in 2019, and." He's uh he was a big influencer of Bowie and I was like, all right, yeah. So the music episodes are actually some of some of the worst or some of the best, depending on if you like a drinking game, because uh, like we did one we this do. year. <laughs> who, was yeah. a, who was the comic? I forget her name, but her her dorkdom was Stevie Nicks, and uh, so she was talking about Fleetwood Mac, and I said. Was Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac? And she goes, 
Stevie Nicks is Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, is her name Fleetwood or Mac? It is not. How would I know that? And, um, and so, like, I don't know anything going in. I mostly don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and with music, I extra don't know anything. Yeah. Brian Posehn talking to me about uh, heavy metal. And I was like, what band was Ozzy Osbourne in? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what? And uh, I was it? Joni Mitchell. I was like, is she still alive? I mean, there's one after another. And then the deal is this. If it is a musical episode, you can make me a Spotify list of eight of that person's songs. Okay. I think Dwayne Kennedy was on and he was talking about Jay-Z. And I said, so who is Mm Jay-Z? And he's like, of all the first questions that I thought you were going to ask about (laughs) Jay-Z, it was not going to be that. But that which led to sort of a Kanye Beyonce, and I was like, I don't know that I've ever. My favorite line was uh, with Dwayne was, uh, I don't know if I've ever heard a Beyonce song. <laughs> Dwayne goes, You've yeah. been to a gas station. Yeah, yeah. That, you that have been exactly. to a grocery you store. You have been to Walmart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You've heard them. <laughs> I was like, Okay. That's funny. So, anyway, The Dork Forest, it could be about bees, it could be about music, it could be about video games. You know, Mike Drucker did a, a great episode about virtual reality. Yeah. Uh, video games. Uh, a lot of people have done video games, board games. I've had kind of famous comic book authors on. Uh, famous to me, if you read comic books, uh, they're really cool. <laughs> uh, but, um, you and then. The, you in the manga? Uh, I've read some manga, yeah. Manga, it's, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's uh, it's so weird that it's written in Hebrew, uh, no, because it's backwards. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's not written. I followed. English. I followed. I got you. <laughs> I uh, the uh, the last two like I read a I can't remember the one I'm reading right now, which is too bad because it all is also anime, and um, but the first one I've read because I only I read it. It's sort of like rap where I every five or ten years, just kind of dip your I'll toe, read some dip your toes on. back in. Yeah, like yeah, I'll yeah. buy a Lupe Fiasco album or a go. common album. Okay. In this <laughs> case, I read something called Spirit Circle, and it was really, really yeah beautiful. It was beautiful and cool, and the one I'm reading now is really cool, but I can't remember the name of it. it the the stories. I, I just like the story. I think the storytelling. I, uh, I'm a big anime buff, nerd, mm-hmm. whatever, however you want to categorize. That. Dork. That's me. Dork. Dork. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so I, I just I really like the storytelling. The story, um, you know, how the plot moves. Um, yeah. I, I just think it makes for really, really good reads. And then if you watch it, you know, you watch the anime, um, it's like the craziest. Who doesn't want to watch two dudes hovering in the sky growling at each other? L- listen, I Jackie. just described every episode of Dragon Ball Z. Know, Between you and me, uh, this evening, I'm going to roll up something. I'll let your imagination take whatever you want for that. And It's legal where I am. And I'm... <laughs> We're getting there, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna watch three or four episodes of something cool. So, someone's something gonna be, cool. Someone's gonna be finding someone. That's all I know. Right, right. It turns out most of the the anime, the sort of the um, the the sort of series anime that I've watched mm-hmm. has been about friendship. Yeah. You know, they're mostly about just a pile of dudes going out there like that piece, mm-hmm. uh, something piece, one piece. 
One Piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not watched 907 episodes. I was going to say, out. it uh, would take you quite a long time <sighs> to get through I that. Think but... I'm on like, I think I'm on like 30. I'm good. Yeah. It's, I, I get it. Uh, but that doesn't mean I won't watch more one yeah. day, but I don't know when. Yeah. But like one, one of my best friends or a woman that is a very good friend of mine does the voice of Naruto. Excuse and me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're familiar uh, with Naruto, I bet. Okay, all right. So I'm I'm going to give you a little depiction of my office, okay? So so my home office, we, we walk in. It's pretty dark. I got some, you know, some neon, some neon lights. I got my I got my gaming PC. I got my streaming stuff. I have, you know, kind of my workstation. Sure. And then this whole back wall is Naruto Uzumaki just in the back. <laughs> just just all types of cool stuff. What is her name? I would love to know that. Miley Flanagan. She might be of Irish descent. Wow. Miley Flanagan. I didn't, uh, she, I didn't think we talked about this today. That is so cool. <laughs> That's the great thing about podcasts is that you never know really what you're going to talk about because it's really just a conversation. Like I'm getting Naruto tattoos this summer. That's that's what it means to me. I don't know. You know that I once thought seriously about getting a tattoo and it was seriously uh, was in 1994. I thought about getting a Mortal Kombat tattoo. Oh, and oh it would have been you just you just yeah. plucked on this guy's heartstrings. Nightwolf, and you didn't even know. Yeah. Nightwolf. Nightwolf is Let great. me tell you something. If I would have gotten a Nightwolf tattoo on my uh, on my on my calf, which is where I was thinking about getting it, my life might have been very very different. <laughs> I know I got some Aunt Jackie energy going on here right here, but uh, we don't know what that would have been. I might have dr- I would have been an over the road truck driver. Yeah, we don't know what sure. I would have been doing right now. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Oh my gosh, that is so cool. That's the coolest thing I heard all week. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. All right, let me give you let me give you a little. You know, you're you're it's a you know it's a next Friday evening or or whatever. You got a free evening. You're like, wow, I want to watch something. Attack on Titan is 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 the anime that you need to kind of wiggle yourself into. Let me um, tell you something about Attack on Titan. You oh. don't want to watch it before you go to bed. Uh, How about that? <laughs> you don't. Uh, okay, you're you're familiar. Okay, okay. Uh, I have watched probably one season of that okay and it became so dark there's so much dark i mean it's dark here's the thing it is dark it is it is giant people eating tiny people and uh and the and the art on that is very much the eating it is and you're like i'm good <laughs> here okay i want i don't know what i want out of my anime but it is not that here okay here's why all right i i do enjoy the animation and everything here here's why i suggest that because i would give you Five million dollars today, if mm-hmm. after you watched and digested the first season, if you could kind of um, guess the plot of season four, <laughs> if you could, if, if you if you could watch season one, and then tell me what happens in season four, uh, who who do I write this check out to? Because right. I, I'm right. Let me it. tell you. Let me quote Kiefer Sutherland, please. In Stand by Me, if you had five million dollars, I'd kill you right now. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I would be on an island somewhere. So I probably uh, that 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 uh, that check would bounce for sure. That, <laughs> right, that, that check you would, would be writing that check as I pulled <laughs> yeah. up my phone to deposit it. Yes, and you'd be like, I gotta go and disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, 
tell us, tell us, what do you like to do out in L.A.? Like, you know, you, you got a free evening. You know, you and your husband. You know, you go into oh a you go to a winery. What, what do you, what do you, what do you like to do? Um, well, this morning we did what we like to do. For the first time, my husband ate a meal inside a restaurant since a year ago, March. And uh, we went to our favorite Argentinian <laughs> place. <laughs> Slow and clap. we had steak and eggs. Hey. Steak and eggs was delicious. Uh, if you want steak and eggs, don't go to Norm's. Don't go to Denny's. Find yourself an Argentinian restaurant that is doing steak and eggs. Argentinian. Okay. Yeah, because uh, they love beef more than anyone. Hmm. The Argentinians. They're on board. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So what I, that's what I like to do is we like to go out for uh, a nice, I like a breakfast, though I'll do a dinner. I'm not that excited about it. But because, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing um, we also did for the first time this weekend was had people into this room, which is a tiny room off of our garage that we built a year ago, March, that has a nice round table and mm-hmm. we played a board game. Oh, what'd you play? There's, my husband's a game designer, so yeah, uh, all things are games all the time. Awesome. My favorite story is, and I will tell you in a minute what we played. But sure. um, my favorite story is probably th- had to be five years ago now. I was a little uh, verklempt. I was emotional about something, and I said in this tone of voice, "I feel like I'm being a burden." And he did a thing. He laughed in my face. And he didn't laugh at me. He just laughed. And he goes, I'm pretty sure that's what marriage is. We're a burden on each other. And he's a game designer, right? So everything's a game to him. So he said, here's a game idea. Give me a dollar. Every time you think you're being a burden, give me a dollar. And every time I think I'm being a burden, I'll give you a dollar. And I promise you, we will never need another dollar. We will trade that dollar back for the rest of our lives. And I said, well, that is adorable, but it sounds like that game is boring. And he said, <laughs> it's a prototype, and it would need to be play tested. So I don't need this type of talk. Anyway. Um, you're, so, we, you're, so you're telling me your husband um, on the side is just a marriage counselor. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? Uh, everything has a game analogy. I will say my, my father, everything has a sales analogy. Mm-hmm. My bro- that is funny because my brother told me, a couple of years ago that he was out to lunch with his sons, who at the time I believe were 15 and 17, and neither one of them had girlfriends. And he was out to lunch, and one of them made some comment about it, and Russ decided to hold forth and say, you're going to be 120 years old. You're going to live for another 100 years. There's going to be plenty of sex. Don't sweat it. You will get girlfriends. You won't get girlfriends. It'll be fine. Don't beat yourself up. And my dad decided to weigh in and i was like what and uh and so my dad decided to talk about consent and uh my dad's an aluminum siding salesman and so everything's a sale to him so he goes you never want to force the sale you want repeat business right you want to make sure the contract is clear and then everybody's on the dotted line and uh, you never want to force the sale and i was like Wow, Russ, did he at any time say anything <laughs> about installing the job? And uh, and my brother Russ was like, don't be gross. Uh, so uh, my brothers are a lot less gross than I am. And so, <laughs> but it was so funny. I called Andy and I was like, do you have a game design analogy for consent? Yeah. And Andy goes, well, that question's a trap. <laughs> uh, yeah. What would you like? And uh, and he said, fine, here it is. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> he goes, uh, whenever you're designing a game, you have to think to yourself, first of all, does everyone want to play? Mm-hmm. Is everyone having fun? Mm-hmm. And of course, um, oh shit, what was the, uh, damn it, rule of three, and I've forgotten it. Uh, have fun. It was, have fun, does everyone want to play, and um, uh, god they, dang it. Do they know the rules? That might be it. I don't know, it's I'm, just, like, I'm throwing sure. one out there, I don't know. You gotta throw <laughs> something out. It's, um, I wish I, uh, I can't even find my notebook. I know I wrote it down because I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, you know when you write stuff down because you think it's funny and then you never use it? Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is, there's the notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um So, um we were playing Dwellings of Eldervale, which is a fiddly worker placement uh game that is super fun. I'm dorky enough to know what that is. So. Yeah, we were also and I had my hat handed to me. <laughs> so, uh I did not win. We play a lot of Wa- Lords of Waterdeep online. Okay. Just on Steam, which is a board game. Yep. Essentially more more of the same. But I personally, my current favorite game, there was something called Exploding Kitty we played. Oh, Sparkle Kitty yesterday, okay. which is a weird, super simple kind of party game uh, that's kind of like Uno. Okay. Sparkle Kitty. And, um, but then we also played this great game called uh, based on the movie Jaws. One of you plays Jaws, and three of you play the three guys on the boat. And uh, Jaws eats the boat and tries to eat the people. And it's funny, and it's actually full of tension because the three people are working together, and Jaws is working alone. Hmm. And uh, I was Jaws one time, and I almost won. And you're just swimming around, swimming around. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great game it's a great fucking game I'm just, not gonna lie to you trust us it's a great game go buy it that's, that's awesome uh, just quick side note thanks for talking to us today I know I, we just kinda <laughs> hit you up randomly you kinda have to cross your fingers and pray that we're not yeah, crazy people. crazy or weirdos <laughs> and we know what we're doing on the back well, side so just thank you thank you yeah of course piece of cake so um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm glad to talk about other things besides stand-up, though always glad to talk about stand-up. My other podcast is entirely about stand-up with Laurie Kilmartin, and we just celebrate and... What's that one? It. What's that one titled? That one's called The Jackie and Laurie Show, Beautiful. and it's over there on Max Fun. Very catchy. And uh, we have, um, I don't know how many episodes, almost 300 episodes of that. Okay. And we had never really hung out before we started doing the podcast. Hmm. She was like, hey, there's a lot of podcasts where two middle-aged white guys talk about stand-up, but there's not any where two middle-aged white women talk about stand-up. <laughs> so it's not really a step forward in, uh, in the world. It's more of a lateral move. <laughs> a little sidestep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we do, you know, we, we try to, uh, you know, talk about good, like the up-and-coming comics, and then we bitch about how we can't get work at some of the chains, and <laughs> then we always talk about like whatever scandal of the week, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, some Louis C.K. adjacent we, nonsense. We were talking about how um, on one of our previous podcasts, uh, episode eight, I believe, um, but we were talking about how uh, Bezos and Bill Gates. Are just conveniently, conveniently, uh, both single this summer. Oh God! Right? Yeah, <laughs> two two billionaires going on a tear, right? Like what? What crazy shenanigans? <sighs> what shenanigans are they going to get in? You know? 
I, uh, I've been working just not in real life, just in my head. I've been uh, thinking about trying to write a romance novel where Elon Musk and um, J.K. Rowling meet on an island off the coast of Vietnam where they're both re- <laughs> recreating. And they both, uh, by the end of the romance novel, become better people. Um, <laughs> hit and miss. It's fiction, you guys. What hey. the heck? Yeah. I, I, I'd read a couple chapters, see what, see sure. what I'm getting into. <laughs> yeah. Big Elon right. boys. Right, mingling wrinkles. <laughs> I'm thinking of calling it mingling wrinkles. Mingling mm-hmm. wrinkles. Hmm. I like that. It's old people. Why, why, why <laughs> Vietnam? Uh, reason? Um, went to Vietnam, and it was so beautiful. Okay. And uh, it, w- it also felt like a super great place to hide if you were a billionaire. True. Why'd you go like, there? There's... Uh, I went there uh, on, I did stand up in Hanoi. Okay. And then um, I just went on a, like a tour, like an, there's like an old people idiot tour <laughs> where they take you on a bus throughout Vietnam for seven days. And then they take you on a bus through Cambodia for seven days. And Andy and I did it. My husband and I did it. Awesome. Because I, I studied, I ended up in college studying Southeast Asia. So I've always wanted to go to Cambodia and see Angkor Wat. Weirdly yes. enough, Vietnam was better. Vietnam was amazing. They were both amazing. I mean, if anyone Cambodian is listening to this, I am so sorry. <laughs> but uh, both of your countries were amazing. And But it was, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know enough of what I was going to be saying in Vietnam to appreciate it. And uh, Cambodia was exactly what I wanted it to be, which was really cool. Um, Vietnam was more surprising and great. Interesting. But in Saigon, there's uh, they changed the name of the museum from the War of American Aggression or Ameri- mm. uh, American Atrocities. They changed mm-hmm. the name of it to just uh, some other name. Get this. Didn't change any of the exhibits. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. Stick to your guns. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Guns. We'll just uh, we change were, the name real quick. <laughs> yeah, we were horrible. But if you want to be acknowledged by the United States, we won't call it that. And... Uh, all right, walk walk me walk me through this because I've been listening a little bit and you know we're we're getting our own thing started and seeing where it takes us and just you know just like your opinion like your use your experience to kind of help us through some things you know how, how do you okay you know obviously you've been grinding as a stand up comedian um, you know these these are, are you getting are you just getting a random email one day that says, hey, we want you to come to Vietnam. Hey, we want you to come on coding. <laughs> hey, we want you no. to do a special on comedy. <laughs> like, just walk us walk us through, you know, kind of the behind-the-scenes steps that maybe younger comics could look at and say, okay. you know, Jackie did it this way, you know. Just kind of walk there's, us through there. And, and there's, there's dozens of ways to do this. There aren't – I don't know that there's an infinite number of ways to get work, but mm-hmm. – um, mm-hmm. It's almost ex- entirely, Sarah Schaefer did a video about hanging out and how important hanging out was. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's almost, enti- especially at the beginning, it's almost entirely networking. And then as you go, it's networking with essentially fancier people. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was in Paris. That's right. Well, I'm going to pick that up. I've dropped it. Thank you for picking that up, Tim. <laughs> and uh, so the uh, <laughs> the uh, um, and I happened to be in. I was on another vacation 
that I have always wanted to go to some of these places, right? And I finally make enough money that I can save up in two years, what used to take me five to seven years to save up to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not, this is full on vacation. I want to go to, I want to go to Lyon. I want to go look at the cave paintings. I want to go to Paris. And so we are driving into Paris in our rental car and I get a text from two different people, one Emo Phillips and one, a guy named Dave Fulton in London going, Hey, are you in Paris? Cause my Instagram, because the guy that was supposed to headline this weekend just had a heart attack or something. Oh, wow. Could you do, would you want to set? And I looked at my husband and I was like, can I please do stand-up comedy <laughs> and, uh, on our vacation? And he's like, please do. Yeah. We are going to be going to many board game uh, stores in Paris. <laughs> and, um, and so we did. So I got to do stand-up. So there's no, here's the thing about grinding it out is that when you start doing stand-up comedy, you go to the open mics and you, and you end up meeting people who book sort of these showcase rooms that also don't pay but are a different night of the week and you get seven to 10 minutes. And then you do those a bunch of times and then there's someone who has their shit together and has approached a best Western and says to that best Western, what if I produce a stand-up comedy show? And, uh, and then you're like, I know a guy who could open for me. And then all of a sudden there's a $150 gig that you're doing. And then you can, you know, back before the internet, Back even before you sent out VHS tapes back in the 80s, you would have to drive to the club and do a showcase. Mm. The guy that books your funny bone, that Richmond funny bone, Dave Stroop, mm -hmm. won't take, he won't take links. He won't at, at this time. He wouldn't take VHS back in the 90s. And um, you had to fly to Columbus, Ohio, and audition for him. Mm. And then he would ignore you anyway. Uh, or wait, he would ignore me anyway. But for the most part, they ignore you, right? You try and you try and you try and 80%, 90% of the time you get nothing. And then you just keep going. You do the shows you're allowed to do or that you make for yourself. Like Kyle Kinane, James Adomian, Brandy Posey, um, a thousand other comics, Matt Brunger, um, Tig Notaro, essentially created their own runs because they could not get into the club system. Mm. And this is back in the early 2000s. And so what they did, uh, Doug Stanhope was famous in my mind uh, for doing this in the 90s. He would essentially go to a town that had sort of a small bar that would have like sort of cover bands and local bands. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, I want to do stand-up. And they'd be like, well, can, can you get 50 people? And he's like, I think so. And so he'd fly her or get someone to fly her or, or put it out there. And if you got 50 people to pay $10, that was $500. There you go. And then he would sleep in his car. I mean, it helps if you are drunk enough to not care that you're sleeping <laughs> in your car. Um, <laughs> right? And that yeah. is conducive mostly to men. Right? There's not a lot of women comics. Carmen Morales lived in her car for six years doing stand-up that way. And Carmen Morales, great comic. You ever go to see her? She's um, 
a Florida comic, uh, lived in Chicago for a while, lived in um, Denver, I think, for a second. Whatever. She's great. But literally, in her, she talks about it, living in her Saturn, driving from club to club to get, get gigs. So you move to Los Angeles, and in Los Angeles, some people, like Ron Funches, I was talking to Ron Funches and a friend of his, and we were talking about this, essentially. And I said, what a lot of people don't realize when they first move to Los Angeles is that there are loose bags of money, like a game of Animal Crossing. You just dig a hole, and there's a bag full of bells. And uh, there's just weird shit ton of money everywhere. And getting on sort of the local stand-up shows isn't is easier if you live in new york or los angeles because they have to rotate a lot of people and if you could hang out with a guy that knows a guy or a woman that knows a woman and you know like with all jobs everybody books the easiest thing in front of them right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so squeaky wheel squeaky wheel gets the gets gigs um it's why white guys have traditionally booked a lot of other white guys is because they mostly hang out with white guys. You know, um, I mostly book white women if I were a booker, right? Because I know mostly white women. I actively try to seek for the Dork Forest. Somebody mentioned that uh, 52 weeks, 52 weeks of the Dork Forest, something like 42 of them were straight white guys. And it's because those were, it was easier yeah. because A, they asked more often mm -hmm. and B, uh, I happen to know a lot of straight white guys. Yeah. So it There's was more that. of us out. There's more, just a lot of us out here. In, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the eye. But it's also this, too, is that you can find whatever, you know, marginalized person who's doing something and very good at it. And here's the crazy thing is if you can find one person, um, like if, if, if you want, you're like, I would love to book more black women comics. Mm -hmm. and, but I don't know any. Mm -hmm. Or I only know one. And I was like, well, if you know one, I bet she knows four. Yeah. And each of them know two or three. And so they're not, people aren't unicorns. You just got to find one and they will lead you to a herd of fucking unicorns. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, the thing about getting work, like I, I think I just, I ended up, I didn't have representation, but Ron, but Ron Funches, when I told him that thing about the bells and the, and the money, he was like, you didn't know that? Because when Ron came to town, same thing with Ian Carmel. They were two Portland, Oregon comics who mm -hmm. moved to Los Angeles, who had jobs before they landed, their airplanes landed. Uh, Ron Funches was a regular on a sitcom almost immediately. And these are very talented young men, you know? These are these are very talented guys, but they are also, there's, I don't know, sort of, I don't know the luck of the draw. You know, I can't define that, sure, right? Sure, sure. And Fred Armisen, who was on Saturday Night Live, um, right, the year he got Saturday Night Live, I was talking to him, and I was telling him that I was going to Las Vegas to do a gig, and he was like, oh, I wish I could do the road. And I was like, hey, man, you're on Saturday Night Live. You just, you're going to go to New York. Yeah, and you're, you're on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. no, 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 I know. And he said, and, and I'm grateful 
But what you should know is that, you know, everybody always wants something that they don't have. And I said, you're going to be on Saturday Night Live. You can do the road anytime you want. And he goes, no one, absolutely no one is going to sit through my, uh, my costume changes. And uh, I was like, you're correct. And, uh, and he also said this other thing that has always stuck with me, which was you get with you get, right? You don't get everything and you should be grateful for what you do get. And you should always kind of aspire to want the other things you want, but you, you may not get them. And he's yeah. like, there's no reason to beat you. I mean, I spend a fair amount less so now just because, and you wouldn't think because quite honestly, I'm pretty successful, right? Most people don't know who the hell I am, but I, I mean, I, I make a living at this and I get to do it for a living. And I think that, that there are a lot of younger comics and a lot of newer comics who are like, I would love her career. Absolutely. You know? I mean, if, as long I mean, you're doing something you love as a career, that's a success. Uh, success to me. Yep. Right. But there are people at my same level who think who can get into. It's easy enough to get into a mindset where you're like, "Well, I don't have that, or I didn't get to do that, or that person who isn't as funny as me got to do that." Mm-hmm. And so, some of my brain wants to go there. Mm-hmm. And so I've trained myself over the last gajillion years of doing this thing to go, get out of that. That yeah. isn't real. That's valuable real estate. Sure. In brain box. Yeah, sure. And, uh, it's just like. Because the bitter comics are truly fucking impossible to hang out with. Oh, my. I, I can imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I cannot even imagine. Why not me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lot. It's, it's Drew Carey. Like guys who came up at the same time as Drew Carey come to mind. Who are like, how did he get that? And I didn't get that. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I know. I feel like there's a there's gotta be an and you know, and I can't, you know, exactly tell you what percentage of the pie chart it is, but I mean there's an element of luck for anything gaining traction, I feel like. Oh yeah. Right. If you're a plumber and you get the good leads, there you go. Right? And there then you, you go. get the good contracts mm-hmm. that's and it's self perpetuating. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what it's like, but there is no formula. There is only there is only do do your do your thing, do the thing you want to do. But Andy's dad actually one time said to him, "Never work for a living. Do the thing you love, and eventually they'll pay you for it." Yep, that's true. We should uh, should be on our wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like he's like. 11. The other thing, less positive that his father said to him was, son, <laughs> and he always called him that. He said, son, before you say anything, I want you to look around the room and think to yourself, does anyone give a shit? <laughs> uh, which is so brutal to say to a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good hey, advice, though. Hey, buddy, how are you feeling today? Does anyone give a shit? <laughs> oh. Start telling my kids that. <laughs> yeah. Um. My father said, uh, Keep talking. Someone will eventually buy windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, it's um, I, I know we're I know we're getting kind of close to the wire here. So you know, again, I I just want I just want to say um, thank you. You've been an absolute delight. Um, you're funny. You're smart. You know, we really Thanks, we really appreciate you. You know. Just taking taking some time with us today. Uh, we think our listeners are gonna like it. Um, we've been 
flirting between 1500 and 1800 so we're hoping this one you know kind of gives us a little pop and um as soon as people listen to well, how funny you, you are they me, will i'll i'll reboost it and stuff and i'm going to tag hilariously the, i'm going to tag the shit out of you jackie <laughs> let's uh, let me tell you that the rangers of the dork forest have heard me talk uh for hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> and yet whenever i'm on somebody else's podcast they're like oh <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like, like I'm going to say something else. <laughs> yeah, something well, just, uh, yeah, here, here, here's your, you know, 30 seconds, you know, like where, where can people find you? Just plug, plug whatever you'd it's, like to. If you go to JackieCation.com mm -hmm. and it's K-A-S-H-I-A-N, um, it's linked to all the different social media, I think, except TikTok. But uh, I'm on all the social media. It's just at Jackie Cation. And if you want to listen to the Dork Forest or watch the videos, um, it's, dorkforest.com cool. and then um all the social medias I, there's clips of me doing stand-up all of my albums are on spotify and pandora and amazon and uh even youtube uh my last album was called i'm not the hero of this story okay. and it was uh number one on amazon uh, no, number one on amazon and apple and then number three on billboard i made the billboard Damn. for one day go <laughs> off girl go off <laughs> i see you and I'm recording, and I'm working on the new album, which I've been working on for four years now, because I was supposed to record it twice last year. And uh, I like to do about two or three years in between albums. It is four years. So this album, which I will be recording in July uh, and, and touring until then, uh, is either going to be a great album or a really long album, you guys. Mm. I, I'm in some great parts of it. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued. Sure. I'm I'm gonna give it a listen. <laughs> um, everybody, you know us. You can find us at Paper Nature on YouTube. You can yep. find us at Paper Nature IG on Instagram. You can find us. Help me out here. Uh, Where else can you real find Paper us? Nature on Twitter because yes. some asshole has our uh, handle. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta hey, figure that hey, out. Hey, guy with two followers. Can can, <laughs> yeah. can we have that? Can we have that, please? Um, um, and uh, yeah. Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, really appreciate you coming on. We look forward to listening to your you know, album coming out uh, later this summer. I know you're recording it, so probably, I don't know, August, September. Is that realistic? Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping September, yeah. Awesome. So mid-July, so... We'll be on Should the give uh, 800 pound gorilla six weeks to, for them to get it out. So <laughs> we'll be on the lookout for that, and we'll be on, uh, you know, hopefully uh, some of your rangers of the uh, the dork forest will come out and oh give yeah. us a, maybe give us a listen too. And um, you know, as I said, you're an absolute pleasure. You're hilarious, and, and we just we genuinely uh, we generally just appreciate your time. So thanks, thanks for, for coming thanks on, for and uh, it's been awesome. All right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Excellent. A good time. Excellent. Should I stop recording? Locally? Later, what campers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll take it easy. Peace. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>